yeah, get them in, give them that treatment that they're after. Anybody in the chair is access to improving their oral hygiene. So get them in the chair, give them what they're after, but then obviously we have to approach our assessment with everyone. So then you're saying, okay, that's fair enough, but this is what you need. And this is what happens if you don't continue down a path of treatment for that need. And welcome back to Series 2 of the Smart Revolution podcast, a podcast dedicated to oral health promotion with a mission to inspire dental hygienists, dental therapists and the dental profession in your career. I'm Victoria Wilson, a dental therapist and the poignant dental professional I have the pleasure of interviewing this week is Claire Berry, who is a dental hygienist from the UK. I have invited Claire onto the show as she got in touch with me a short time after launching Series 1 of the Smile Revolution podcast. Her passion and enthusiasm for her career during our conversation left me feeling, I want to learn more about Claire. She then went on to share some of her articles and her work with me and at that point I knew she had to come onto the show as she really has something to share for the listeners. Claire's been qualified for 10 years and despite no longer working in the army, she did for a number of years and has won multiple industry awards voted by her peers. On today's show, we speak about how Claire's built up a hygiene department from scratch up to five days a week. We speak about how she marketed herself and her successful approach of engaging patients in oral health and so much more. This podcast is for all dental hygienists and dental therapists who are continuously striving to achieve more and gain full control of making your career what you want it to be. Through listening to this conversation, I hope you learn, gain inspiration and ideas for furthering your career path, supporting oral health promotion to achieve oral health for all. But just before we get started, I just want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, Dentsply Serona. This podcast is brought to you by Dentsply Serona, who share a vision to promote a lifetime of oral health around the world through driving prevention to empowering hygienists and dental therapists and the dental profession. And this podcast that you are about to hear will certainly empower you. As the partner and sponsor, they have made the dream in my head a reality to bring such valuable conversations to you, to empower you and to drive prevention and oral health. Along with this series, Dentsply Serona are announcing a smart practice course especially for you guaranteed to empower you further and teach you the practical skills of using a Cavatron that I personally believe all Cavatron users need. Visit densplicerona.com forward slash smart revolution for details of a special training at Densplicerona Academy and use the exclusive subscriber code SMILE5 to get 50% off. So Claire, welcome on to the Smile Revolution podcast. Thank you 
so much for agreeing to me on the show. I'm so grateful for you spending some time to share some of your invaluable knowledge um, with our listeners. So thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much. And essentially, um, just to give the listeners a bit of a background into how we connected, we actually connected through the Smart Revolution podcast. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I was sort of championing you and saying, you know, well, this is amazing, this is so fantastic. And you were like, oh, thank you. And it sort of went from there, really. Well, no, thank you so much for getting in touch. And, and yeah, well, people like yourself are just who I need to support oh. what we're doing and to actually know that people are getting value from that. So thank you, firstly. And mm -hmm. then you shared with me some of the work you've been working on that really inspired me. Um, and one of them was an article um, in Oral Health. I've got the magazine here in front of me now, Oral Health magazine, um, where I also had an article coming out about the podcast. And yeah, then, so we're in the same publication at the same we time. Are, we are, so literally a page apart. I'm on 32 mm -hmm. and you are 34 and 35. <laughs> <laughs> and I read your article and I thought, my goodness, you know, I gained so much from it. Aww. And I really thought it would be so interesting to interview you to share and delve into this article a bit more with the listeners on where you are at today in your career. And yeah. essentially what I got from this article. So thank you so much for writing the article. Yeah, no, my pleasure. I'm glad you got so much out of it. It's good that people are reading it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure many people will have read this and um, I'm sure more people will listen to the podcast and, you know, gain even more from it. But to set the scene, Claire, you were working this morning, am I right? Were you in clinic? Yes. Yes, I was in clinic this morning. Yeah, so I rushed home so I could uh, do this for you today. So yeah, it was a busy morning. Good. Busy is good when you're self-employed. <laughs> always, always. And um, yeah, today I'm working at home. My my little ones are with my mum. So I'm able to record a podcast. So <laughs> that's great. And you've got, am I right? You've got a little one. Yes, so I've got a little boy. He's nine years old. Yeah, so I'm a mum too. So it's the juggle. The juggle of life and work is very real. You know what it's like. <laughs> I do. And incidentally, we spoke about possibly meeting at the the BSDHT conference this weekend, and it was one of those juggling things that happens, doesn't it? It's it's a juggle being a mum, working, loving yeah. your career, and I know yeah. you really do. And having to make those decisions as to where you're going to go in the day and, and what you're going to I do. But I want to also congratulate you because on Saturday, you won an award. Or two. Yeah, two awards. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I got Best Team Member um, and then this is the Dentistry Awards on Friday and then I got, um, yeah, overall UK as well. So Best Team Member UK too. And... Um, Apparently, it was a tough competition. Uh, I knew a few of the names in there, and it really was. I was a bit like, there's no way I'm going to be getting this. So to receive it was, being a finalist amongst those names was pretty impressive. I was really proud of myself, but then to receive it was, was good. So, um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's really amazing. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, thank you. And I think even more reason for you to be on the show, because after winning these awards as well, you know, you really 
set the scene for what you've got to share with colleagues, um, for the listeners out there, um, what they can learn from you um, to empower them. So, yeah. well done, well done. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to delve right into this article now because yes. this is the basis of why we're talking today and what maybe listeners can get out of it. And one thing or one paragraph that really struck me in the article was uh-huh. you wrote, I feel responsible for how my career progresses. It's a great feeling knowing that it's all in my hands. Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel, I felt, I started sort of um, working towards that a few years ago, feeling like I wanted to take my career in my own hands. And I, I must admit, it is kind of, it is liberating to feel like that is where I am these days. Um, I do feel like I'm very much in control, uh, especially when you're, let's be honest, as hygienists, we're kind of self-employed in, you know, and, and we get all the negative parts of being self-employed and none of the positive parts of it. Um, and so being able to be in control of my own career and be self-employed and feel like I'm in control of it a little bit more than I was before, then, uh, it, yeah, definitely felt really liberating. It was really good. So, um, yeah. Well, that's amazing because as well, for me reading that as well, that's not easy to get to. And, you know, frequently I, I speak to colleagues, we read it on social media and I don't know if you've heard it frequently amongst colleagues saying, you know, they don't necessarily, it definitely doesn't feel that they feel that they are in control of their progress in their career so much. Um, or, you know, knowing it's, it's fully in their hands because maybe they don't have the full scope within their practice to necessarily, or the freedom to do what they may wish to do for their patients. So, yeah, I mean, you worked in the army. Yes. For years. Yes. Would you say that led to you wanting to be where you are now, going back to that paragraph, in some yeah, capacity. It was, absolutely. I feel like it was the start of it. It's what gave me probably the drive that I have today, um, definitely. I think uh, I was from a forces background anyway, so for me to join the Army was something that was just in me to do. And then when I did join, and then event, well, it was whilst I was in the Army, I became a hygienist. It was always like, what's the next course I can do to become, you know, um, I was a corporal at the time and I wanted to become a sergeant. So what do I need to do to become a sergeant? And you have this like element of always wanting to sort of succeed, achieve, um, better yourself and get promoted and do courses. You never stood still. And I, I loved that about being in the army. And then when I left and, and became a civilian and started working as a hygienist in civilian street, which is what we call it, civil street. Um, I always I feel that's that. like, oh. <laughs> And I lost that and I missed it. And I was like, do you know what? I actually felt at that time that I was, I felt like I've reached where I'm ever going to be. I'm I'm doing what I'm ever going to be doing. I'm going to be earning whatever I'm going to, you know, this is all I'm ever going to earn till the day I retire. And it scared me because that's not who I am. Um, I need to be working towards something. I need to always have a goal. Like there's no end game. You should always be trying to strive for more like ambition, success. And so, um, and, and it is easy to think um, when you're sort of 
you know, within that sort of moment that that's all there ever was. And do I, I need to maybe get a new career? Do I need to change my whole career so I can achieve that and, and get there? And um, and then I thought, no, because I love being a hygienist. And that's when I decided to take control of my own career and then start like paving away for myself. So it started off really when um, I decided to go into aesthetics. So about five years ago, I trained in aesthetics because I wanted something varied. So it, it gave me that something else to work on as well. And then I created like a little business for myself. And then I just decided, well, I can create that with my hygiene side of things as well. Like, why can't I own a hygienist business? Why can't I make it my own little thing? And it's and I'm in control of it. And that's where it all began, really. And um, and I still do aesthetics now, but um, I definitely feel like then my dental career took a different road. And now I, I definitely run it. I feel like I run my dental hygiene business, I guess. Um, and so it's whatever I want it to be. Now I can do whatever I want to do. I can make it whatever I want it to be. And then a few years down the line now, I feel like I can not dictate in a bad way, but I can say what I want to earn. I can charge what I want to charge. I'll use what I want to use. Um, I invest in my business. I invest in myself. I make sure that my patients are treated the way that I want them to be treated. And sometimes that means me investing in my own equipment. Um, and then it's led on to, to other opportunities as well. So I, I feel really fulfilled. <laughs> and, well, I um... can tell. That's why I knew I had to interview you. And I mean, you just sharing a bit of your backstory, having obviously worked in the army and always looking for that next step. What can yeah. be the next progression within your career? And then comparing, as you've just done, like leaving the army into entering civilian life, mm-hmm. which is always, you know, when I hear that from, there are quite a few colleagues that yeah. I've worked alongside or have or had dealings with that have worked in the army. And I'm always so impressed by the work ethic. And you just explaining what you've just explained and how you explained it, it really sets, you know, a good standard um, and maybe something for us to learn, us civilians that haven't worked within the army, um, into the work ethic that has possibly impacted you from being in the army and searching for that next step. And I have to say, that's how I felt leaving dental school as a dental therapist, dental hygienist. There weren't so many next step opportunities. We've had to search for them. And I feel that's exactly from reading your articles, from talking to you as well, Claire. That's mm-hmm. what you've done. You've searched for that next step. It, yeah. You carved that pathway, as you've just yeah. said. Because exactly it's not that. necessarily yeah. clear. No, it's not. And and a lot of this stuff doesn't come to you as well. You saying you have to carve it your, your way, that's exactly right. Like some of the stuff that I do or I've done, I've put myself in the position so that I can be doing that. I, I feel like sometimes I'm like, okay, I want to do this. What? Where do I need to be? What do I need to do? Who do I need to talk to? Where do I need to go in order to make it there? It's not anything that comes to me. So it's a matter of sort of trying to to sort of search for it discover it figure out what you want and then how do i how do i get there my, my light just my um mac just turned on that's why the light just <laughs> oh well don't worry i'm moving around anyone watching this video must be thinking what's going on because i've got interference from my recorder and i hope my editor's going to be able to edit that out he's remarkable so oh, i'm no. sure he will but if anyone's watching thinking why are you moving around so much that's why so don't worry <laughs> These things happen oh. on a live recording. <laughs> but just going back to our conversation, yeah, 
you know, carving that way, knowing the next step, it's not, it's not always clear. Can I go back into your article now about a yeah. point that I specifically wanted to pick up on? And when you left the army, entered civilian life, you began working in a clinic where they hadn't had a hygienist before. Am I correct? Yeah. So again, this is back down to carving your own way, I guess. So there was a practice, it was about at the time where I was living, about less than a mile away from where I lived. And I decided that I wanted to work there. So I went in and I'd say, you need a hygienist. Because I, in my personal opinion, every practice, every patient needs to see a hygienist. Absolutely. It is necessary. It's, it's just such an underused role, I feel. I think everyone benefits from it. Even if you've not got podontitis, everyone benefits from seeing a hygienist regularly. So I went in and I'd say, you need a hygienist and they'd say we've never had one we've been here for 30 years it won't work patients won't pay and I was like they, they will for about six months I used to go in and say you you need me this is why and then one day I said look let me just give me 10 minutes of your time to explain to you why you need me and they said right we'll give you 10 minutes so at the end of one of their working days I sat down I'd I'd done a presentation I got all the figures, you know, how much I wanted to charge the patients, what I thought that they could afford, what percentage I wanted, what I was going to do for their business, what I was going to do for them, what I was going to do for their patients and what they could do for me. And um, and then uh, they said, okay, we'll give you three months. That's determination and, for you, Claire. Yeah, and I did I not give up. That's incredible because I hope for any listeners maybe not feeling fully fulfilled within their work at the moment or for new graduates about to qualify, You've yeah. done that and yeah. and just listening to you now, it worked for you. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I sat there and I said, you know, you, you, you need me because we are so important as a, as a profession. You, you know, almost to the point where I'm like, if you don't have someone like me helping you, helping you, you know, I'm here to help you, you know, against litigation. I'm here to help your patients benefit from having hygiene appointments and better oral hygiene and then it's going to stop systemic problems and then you know um tooth loss and and i i could do this for your bit on a business level this is what i'm going to do for you but then on a patient level this is what i'm going to do for you and i i basically put there was there was no way they could have said no to this argument and they had a spare surgery so i knew that as well that did help so i knew they had surgery space and so um and so they said, right, yeah, we'll give you three months. And then after three months, they turned around and said, well, obviously you're going to stay. And it started off as half a day, half a day led into one. Then it led into two days. And actually, not long ago, I was doing five days, but then I've actually decided to, I wanted to have a few other things going on. So I'm working at another two practices. So I, uh, but yeah, I got it to the point where over a matter of a few years, we got it to five days. So, you know, it's... Um, it is it is great today. and they and they and I mean they've they've sold the practice now and then the next owners were like brilliant this is what she does and then they increased my percentage because they were like you do all this work there's no way we can pay you that percentage so then they gave me fifty percent so I get fifty percent plus a nurse they also have a decon nurse I've got my own dedicated room all my own equipment some of it I've bought myself some of it I've you know got got hold of myself too but it's um it's like a, it's a hygienist dream and it all came from that day I went in and said this is what I can do for you. So I'm um, and so, the success of it came from what you did after that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Can you tell me because I think yeah, hygienist therapists listening could essentially do something similar to you if they're wanting a change or, as I said before, about to graduate. Yes. But how did you build from zero, from a zero hygiene practice, 
essentially to five days. Yes, what did yes. you do to promote yourself? So when I started working there, I went into marketing mode. So it, being being able to work direct access has been a great thing for our profession. And, um, and I decided to utilize that massively. So then I went onto local radio. I went and did into local newspapers. You just I did leaflet them up. drops. Yeah, just called them up. I paid for an advertisement. So I did this all myself. This is me yeah, paying for all this. So I did invest a little bit, but I, um, I went, I did a local ad, I did an advert on a radio station. So right. I paid for that myself for an advertisement, but I went onto local radio because they're calling out for people to like, you know, they want content. So, um, I went Listen, in. Listen, listeners. Did, yeah, they exactly. need us. <laughs> we they need us. Us. And and maybe not magazines. Yeah. They need content. They want content. So, you know, why is a hygiene important? And I was basically like going into all these local things, uh, local community things. It was a small sort of town uh, to basically be like, I'm here. This is what I do. Come <laughs> see me. It's important. Yeah. Um, I did local leaflet drops. I dropped leaflets in every single house. They went into the local newspapers so that as many people as possible had like access to sort of know they could see me without seeing the dentist first. You don't have to be registered. You can just come and see me. And we so were you doing this around your working day? Were you when you first went there? Were you there? Did you agree to a specific number of hours? And you did this on top of yeah. that. You did that, okay? Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. So I did so many hours. So I came out of the army. Obviously, this is my first job when I came out of the army. I had another job as well at the time. And so when I wasn't working, I was I was marketing myself and trying to get myself out there. Then the powers. Yeah, radio, so you know, newspaper, and it was all local level stuff. So I was one, you know, this was all sort of very local to the dental center. Yeah, word of mouth spread because it's a small, like you know, town. So word of mouth spread, and before you know it, people, um, and it was, you know, it was quite a well-known dental center. So uh, people were like, oh, did you know about our new dental center? It's got a hygienist, and then people were just booking in, and we made the prices really reasonable so that people were, well, that was ridiculous the price, you know. So people yeah. were like, wow, that's really good value for money. So we kind of speculated to accumulate to begin with, and then once we got people in through the door, that's where my when I say sales pitch, it's not a sales pitch because I genuinely believe everybody benefits from seeing a hygienist. And so when they saw my worth, they were like, well, obviously you're going to now do that side of my treatment and I'll just see the dentist now for my exams because I want you to be doing this. You, you know, I can see that you're an expert in this field, that you're, you've been to university. This is what you do. Yeah. So now I choose you for that and I choose the dentist for my exams because obviously, you know, we want them to do that. So. Then I had just people walking off the streets to come and see me. They'd heard it from their auntie, their uncle, their brother, their sister. So I was seeing family members. They all then, you know, like, oh, you know, we'll, we want to be members. And it was purely word of mouth. You weren't asking or, anything from any patients that came. Amazing. No, no, none of, there was none of this um, loyalty schemes, nothing. It was just all yeah. word of mouth. And it did spread pretty quickly. I got to a couple of days within within a short space of time. How and, long? Um, I would say I would say after about a year I was doing a full day, uh, possibly going into two days, and then okay. after a couple of years it was like two full days, and you know so. And then when I when I say it was full, I mean it was it was full. And then um, yeah, and I've been there now maybe seven or eight years, and I, like I say, I was up to five days a week. So you know, this isn't something that's going to happen all of a sudden, but it it can gradually build. You know, I was working at another. Uh, dental practice for for a long time and then I left there to come to this practice five days a week so but from what you're saying I've even learned something in our conversation now I have to say I've never had the guts to contact a local radio station but for listeners out there this podcast is for all about promoting oral health maybe we're missing out on the opportunities with our local radio stations to spread Mm. the word about oral health 
maybe yeah, maybe more of us should be calling up the local radio station and saying, can we have a slot? Maybe that's something we should encourage. Oh, definitely. Local newspapers, everything, you know, so you've got advertorials, but then you've got editorials too, and they still want content. So you don't always have to necessarily pay for these things. And um, and then actually the guys who worked at the local radio station became my patients. <laughs> so, you know, they were, it is important. So then they became my patients. So, yeah, it's, um, it's, it is, it's, uh, it's definitely, that's definitely what helped me progress. And then, um, then social media happened. Yeah. And then I spread my reach. So then I thought, right, okay. So it's not just low, I, I, not that I, I'd exhausted the local community, but it was a bit like, okay, that was slowing down a bit. Right. But my message, I wanted it to be spread further. Now I'm thinking, oh, health isn't just for my local, my patients in the chair. Yeah. All this information needs to be heard by everybody. Absolutely. So then I, yeah, definitely. So when I talked to social media with like all my messages, I wanted as many people as possible to see it. And then that then led for people, you know, people started traveling to see me. So then my, um, my patient base spread to like Leeds, Nottingham, you know, then I started seeing patients and I'd say to them, why have you come from Manchester to see me? And they'd say, because you're the one putting the information out there. We didn't, you know, we didn't know this stuff. And, or, and you, you feel know, they connected with you through social media. Yeah. So I've had patients travel, you know, from, for my aesthetics as well, so not just my hygiene, but for my aesthetics as well, I've had patients travel from like London. I had one girl wanted to travel from Devon, but I told her that was a bad idea because it was aesthetics. And I was like, you know, if anything was to go wrong, you're too far away. So wow, I tried to, Yeah, but I've had patients travel for dental hygiene from like Leeds, Manchester. And I mean, if you think Manchester from me is like maybe one to two hours away. And, yeah. And then can, whitening as well. It's. Can I just yeah. ask you, because... Um, social media is a big part. I know that we're encouraged to become or be more active in now. You said that a lot of your patients were coming maybe through radio, um, um, leaflet drops, um, articles in the papers, etc. Now looking at where you are now, are you still on radio sometimes? Are you still doing advertorials, editorials and newspapers or is it only social media now? So the, the advert still goes out occasionally, okay. the local advert one. And I have in the past, not as regularly, but I have had like little bits and bobs in local newspapers. But um, I'd say now social media is the thing that I um, I use the most. So and that I, brings I, you what brings you patience and brings you yeah. anything that feeds your business now. Yes, yeah, so the, the word of mouth spreads it more through the town now, so I don't necessarily have to go out and, sure. and do anything like that. But then the uh, yeah the social media side of things spreads the message further. So yeah. and actually on a local level as well, it's um, that's probably getting my message out there more than the local newspapers. And as times change, people aren't necessarily using that. You know, eight years ago, people probably were looking at the local newspaper more. Now people are going on like the local community. Facebook pages. Yes. So now that's where I'd be sort of putting information or putting oh, my stuff down and then yeah. they share it. Yeah. People now definitely uh, switch more to like technology to, to get all their local news, <laughs> I think. So, and, and did you do any training on marketing or was this self-taught? Self-taught. And you know, it's really important. I've come to realize how important it is if you wanted to do it this way. Um, so I've been to conferences and seminars and things like that on marketing alone. So not dental related, just marketing in general. I actually got in touch with a lady who specializes in marketing just to get some help from her. And then I ended up working with her a little bit, actually. Okay. And then um, 
Yeah, so that was really interesting. And she um, she gave me loads of insight. And then it's networking is such an important thing. So I have, I have contact now with people that own marketing businesses. Yeah, they don't. I don't. I don't get any um, because I've contacted them. I've been to seminars. We've spoke on social media. They now um, talk to me on like a friendship level, and therefore they give me advice. And I've used them for the bits and bobs. But now it's just like constant streams of advice from people all the time. So I've got. I've got like I've networked with people outside of my own industry to get as much insight and information out of them as well. So yeah. it's not just about um, speaking to people and networking within your industry. If you know, you know, going out of your industry and talking to just anyone, you can get so much information. Yeah. Not just even about business, about you know, just how to live a nice life and a good life. You know, I've I've spoken to people that are into like massage and all sorts and they've helped me in ways you know like when I've had a hunched back and then a patient recognized I had quite a bad posture and I was like yeah I get a bad neck and then now I go to see it for massage so Claire can I ask you for the listeners knowing what you know now and what you've gone through anyone starting out moving to a clinic maybe where they haven't had a hygienist before or the hygiene business side of things is not really that well established or therapy um, for that matter what would you recommend to do would you have done all the steps you've you have done or would you knowing what you know now what shortcuts maybe would you have taken to get where you are now um I see a lot of people using social media I think social media is a really fantastic tool yeah um I think um, do you mean sort of getting patients through the door? Is yes, that what you mean? To build your yeah. patient base. Build, build the patient base. Say so definitely social media to try and sort of get, you know, and, and spread that as low, you know, as far as wide locally as you can. And then. And um, what content is needed for social media in your experience from what you've yeah. learned? So I've never directly. Yeah, I've never directly said to people, you know, I've never done the big sell, like come and see me, but I've I've almost like given as much information out as I can to say, do you have these problems? If you do, then maybe you should see someone. Let me contact, get you into contact with someone in your local area. You know, I, it might not be me, but you need to see someone. And so, um, and then people kind of think, well, okay, you're not giving me the big sell. So I trust you and your judgment. I'll come and see you. It's not, that's not the reason I do it, but it just seems to be that, that way. You and shared then, the information when, on what it could be that they need, but they yeah. haven't necessarily identified it. Yeah. And they've what ex- we need to remember is a lot of our patients don't even realize they have a problem. Yeah. So they don't really know they need to see a hygienist until you give them that advice to say you have a problem and this is what you need yeah. to do. Yeah. I wanted to tap on that, into that actually from the article because I think you put it really nicely that let me find it where people often want a Hollywood stain free white smile. It's a service I can offer. So why not? Um, and I think you, you go on to say, um, then if further treatment is identified as needed after the initial periodontal assessment, you give them what they want while telling them what oh, they oh, need. And that's yeah. exactly what I wanted to hone in on. Yeah. I love that saying. I wrote I an article about that. It went down really well. <laughs> I've never heard it before. Uh, um, you know, I, I read it, obviously, in this article, and it really resonated with me. How did you get to that point? And how do you... You've obviously justified this process and this treatment of care, and it worked. Yeah. Deliver the oral health that people need. Can you just go into that a bit more to explain it? Yeah. 
So I, I wrote an article based on that completely. So it's the whole thing's based on that. I'll send it to you. But it's, um, yeah, basically when I started going into um, trying to get a lot of patients via direct access. So obviously I was tapping into direct access as well as the, the, the patient base of the practice I was working in. So, um, yeah, everyone wants that Hollywood white smile. Um, they want that sort of uh, smile design, you know, that, that Hollywood look. And they don't think, oh, I've got bleeding gums, I've got to see the hygienist. They think I've got tooth stain, I want to see the hygienist. This, that's what they think. We have to just admit it. You know, we can say all we want that we want to treat the periodontal disease, but that's what they're seeing, that's what they're looking at. So then the whole philosophy of that was, yeah, get them in, give them that treatment that they're after. Anybody in the chair is access to improving their oral hygiene. So get them in the chair, give them what they're after, but then obviously we have to do a periodontal assessment on everyone. So then you're saying, okay, that's fair enough, but this is what you need. And this is what happens if you don't continue down a path of treatment for that need. And um, and so you're almost like not lecturing them, but you're giving them that sort of heads up that, you know, you have a problem that needs addressing. Let's, let's do your airflow today, but I really recommend you either see me again or see another hygienist, but it's something you need regular treatment for. So by giving them what they want and then telling them what they need, you're hopefully eventually going to drill into them that what they actually want is what they need, not a Hollywood white smile. They need periodontal treatment. So it's giving them what they want while telling them what they need. But you're yeah. utilising that as a pull or a hook to bring yes. them in, to take that opportunity to educate them on yep. their oral health. Without Absolutely. direct access, they wouldn't have had that opportunity necessarily. Exactly. It becomes yes. available to them, and then yes. you're really able to educate them on our role as yep. a hygienist and, and periodontal health, Absolutely. which is, I think, I, I'm sure listeners will have learnt from that sentence, because I think it's just a lovely way of putting it, and it's effective, yeah. and it works yeah. for us still remaining within our remit to do exactly mm-hmm. what we are trained to do, but utilising yeah the understanding of behavioural change and understanding and getting into the patient's psychology on what they want. And as individuals, we are all driven by our our wants, not necessarily our needs that end up becoming our wants if it's delivered in the right way, which is essentially what you're doing. Absolutely, absolutely, because... They don't know they have a problem until we point out the problem. But what we do know is that they want to have nice, white, stain-free teeth. So you're giving them what they want while telling them what they need. And and you hit the nail on the head with behavioral change because if we can get anyone in the chair, we have access to be able to improve their oral hygiene. So, yeah, you're right. You, you, um, you sort of call out to their wants and then you give them the needs. And then behavioral change is a massive thing um, in, in my mind. I think it's a fundamental part of our role as hygienists. Um, and I do a lot of work with the test drive and things like that. And I push the uh, the need for us to use the test drive. So it's, um, yeah, it's, you, you, I'm glad that's, that's, you know, become a thing that you've really taken on board because, or I've thought a lot of because it's really important to me. So yeah, I'm, glad no, you, I'm glad you think the same. <laughs> I totally agree with you. Do you know, there's so much I want to talk to you about, but we may have to record another podcast because I'm conscious of the time. But can I just ask you, one probably final question um, that I'd like to tap into because building this practice where you were, where they didn't have a hygienist, you you reached the public, you brought in the patients. How did you go on about working 
optimally with the dentist and educating them on what or, or how to work with you. For the listeners maybe that are embarking on working in a practice where there hasn't been a hygienist before or therapist, what did you do? How did Sorry. you go on about that? Working with the dentist optimally and letting them know how to best work with you. I must have. I must admit, when I got there, it was apparent that they were holding hands with people through disease and not walking them to health. Right. If you see what I mean. So it felt that they were doing enough, and it wasn't. It wasn't enough. So when I got there, I kind of had to, um, yeah, almost educate them on my way of treatment, which wasn't necessarily their way of treatment yeah. <laughs> beforehand. So um, I, I was lucky enough to have been on a few courses with um, Ian Dunn and Phil Owen. I know he's not teaching anymore, but um, they they changed the way that I treat perio. And so I try, I got the practice from sort of seeing root planing as the thing to, to do into disrupting the subject into a biofilm and the need for um, appointments every three months. And then obviously that's retention of patients as well. So, um, so yeah, I think the dentist, I was lucky because the dentist was quite... Even though they were quite shut off to begin with at having a hygienist, they were quite open to, um, I think what helped was when I started helping their business and then they were open to learning from me. Sure, um, sure. Sometimes that obviously is the way around. When they start seeing that you're good for business, then they, uh, they're like, okay, we'll listen to you now. What is it you're doing and how come these patients are coming back? And why are they, why, why are you able to um, get them to see the need for three monthly appointments? What, what are we doing differently? And it's all down to the way I was explaining it and, and, and explain. And I think they did learn a lot. Um, they're probably a bit like, okay, didn't realize that was, um, what perio was all about. And, uh, obviously a lot of their CPD courses weren't based on perio. So they were very old school in their way of thinking. And, mm. uh, and so it was, yeah, it was definitely a way of educating. And then luckily because we had, um, BT. Uh, dentists that come along and so they were a little bit more sort of at the university at the present time and wanted to learn a little bit more about perio you know the whole perio litigation was definitely in their minds so they were yeah. like tell me more about perio and everyone just became a little bit more interested in it as a practice so that definitely was a help for me in order to um, go in and, and be able to implement it yeah. um, I know it's maybe a little bit more tricky for some people going into some practices but um yeah, confidence, time and experience definitely helps. Uh, uh, I know going out from university might make things a bit tricky because you don't want to rock the boat too much. But in time, you do that, you do get that confidence. Uh, going on as many perio courses as you can, trying to get your dentist to go along with you. I'm running a, a course tomorrow with Oral B on behavioral change and I actually have a, a, a delegate who's bringing her dentist with her. Oh, And I was like, I applaud that. I applaud Great. it. She's like, well, can dentists come? And I was like, yes, yeah, like, I applaud it. That's fantastic. Well, that's so maybe true. something for listeners to work on as well. If they see um, a course that the dentist may benefit to help support what we're doing, Feel that you can ask them to come along, and that's great that he's open to it or she's open to it. And you know, this is exactly I think we've covered it in previous podcasts. Working as a team, being educated as a team, goes so far because then we're we're singing from the same hymn sheet, which really yeah. supports the message and the clarity that the patient gets. Oh, definitely. I mean, I must admit, I work in another practice now as well, just to sort of add something else to the mix. Um, where they do a lot of high-end private cosmetic work. 
And so I came in there. They've always had hygienists, but I came in there. I, I, uh, I was maybe like a, <laughs> a whirlwind, I don't know. But I came in and I was like, all your patients need to see me before they have any uh, cosmetic work. And then once I'm happy that it's stable, then you can go on to do the cosmetic work. And then after that, they need to be on a maintenance plan because they're spending a lot of money. They're having a lot of high-end treatment done. And for you to get the, you know, ethically, these patients shouldn't be having it done unless everything is healthy and stable. And then once it's been done, they need to know how to look after it, maintain it. They've spent a lot of money. They've now got more plant retentive factors or implants that need care. So for the best thing for your patients, you need to be using your hygienist in this way in order for you to avoid litigation, to get your patients to have the best out of the treatment that they've had. And so they're a bit like, okay, all patients now see the hygienist before they have any treatment. So but Claire, um, I have to say, hats off to you. And 100%, I totally am in agreement with that. And I'm sure all the listeners, but having the guts to say it is really impressive. How did they receive it initially? They, yeah, really, really good. Um, I think what helps for me, I've, I've written about that as well. So I wrote about that. I've got another, um, I've got another article coming out in December in, um, in, in private dentistry magazine about the need for skill mix within the dental practice. Yeah. So the fact that I'm writing about it kind of gives me a little bit of credibility, I guess. Sure. But definitely, um, experience. I've been, now, I've been a hygienist 10 years now, just over 10 years. And I think experience has given me, you know, the confidence to say, this is how it should be done. Yeah. I think, I'll be honest with you, when I started writing, that's when I started gaining more confidence because people were starting to be like, yeah, I agree with what you say. So having people agree with what you say definitely gives you more confidence. And so I started being like, this is how it should be done. And if it's not done like this, that's not the right way. You know, hygienists are a really vital part of the whole process in terms of prevention. So in just general dentistry, preventative dentistry, we should be a vital part of that process. And then just day to day, you know, I think everyone benefits from seeing a hygienist, but then when you start going into implants and and private dentistry like that, I think we play a really vital role so that people are paying for this, but they're getting the the longevity out of it. They're looking after the best way they can and they're on maintenance plans. And so I, yeah, I think confidence just gives me the ability to be able to go in and say, this is how it should be done. And and this is what I believe. And if you don't do it like this, you're opening yourself up. Um, I, you know, this is how I want to do it. And so with these patients, I decide that I want to see them every three months. So I work in a practice where they have implants and I'm like, all my implant patients see me every three months for maintenance and care. And, and I, and they're like, all right, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll, do that that sounds good because at the yeah. end of the day I'm not going to say no because I want to make sure that my work is well looked after <laughs> you know so yes exactly yeah so uh so yeah I kind of I kind of had that philosophy and then luckily for me they were like yep we totally agree with that but probably so. because you have conviction and I uh, you can't underestimate experience and time plays a huge part in how we are able to communicate the message and experience as you said, writing articles, I strongly recommend, you know, for those maybe that aren't involved in that now, it's, and from what you're saying, do get involved in it because it does help build your confidence and your knowledge within a certain realm. But for, because I'm all about essentially as well, the Smart Revolution podcast is to share as much information as possible so others don't necessarily spend more time or lose time learning what others have learned. Exactly. So what you've shared today is, is really helpful, I hope, to lots of people that 
aren't in the position that you are or you you were in to have that conversation mm-hmm. but for those that maybe are a bit nervous about having that conversation or reluctant they know it's needed and we all know it from dental school what advice would you give to them or what tools would you advise that they maybe tap into to have that conversation have you got any advice for them on how to do it and how to do it so what's worked i can only go on what's worked for me um and and a time time definitely is a is a thing but what worked for me was showing my worth within their business so basically i was helping them in terms of getting the patients in and then because they were my patients i said this is how i want to treat them this is what i want this is how much i'm charging and that happened over a couple of years and so it was sort of being in charge of yeah, I mean, it's a difficult question to answer because some like, no, don't I even have, that. don't have direct access, do they? So no. they might not even have the opportunity to yeah. uh, to start getting their own patients in. Um, I think a time thing means that you eventually know your worth. Um, that's one. That's definitely a big thing. Know your worth. You've been to university. You're a clinician. You're not been below anyone. You are just a different role to them. That's that's definitely. When people say to me, "Oh, you're like a dental nurse," I'm like, "No, it's a different role entirely. Not, I, you know, it's it's not an offence. It's just a different role. You know, like, oh, why didn't you become a dentist? It's a different role. It's you know, Absolutely. I chose to be a hygienist. You know, I'm not lower above anybody. We're just all playing different parts in you know the, the team game. Absolutely. So, and I think we we need to remember sometimes that we're clinicians. And we, uh, we have been to university. We're experts in our field. That's how I see myself. I feel like when people, when patients come and they say, so what do you do? Then I'm like, well, I'm an expert in my field and I, I, I treat, you know, I'm the gum health expert, you know, I'm the one that, so I don't see myself as, oh, like, you know, I do, you know, I, I, I the dentist, well, I hate it and dentists say it, but sometimes, you know, should go and have your teeth cleaned. It's like so much more than that. And I, the I words know that. You use. <laughs> yeah. And so I, um, I'm like, you know, I'm a clinician. I just have a different role to the dentist. I love the way you put that. We have a different role. And that is we're part of the team. We're all equally valuable. The clinic and dental health, oral health, promotion of oral health would not happen with any one particular role. It's a collaborative work. It's a collaborative work, yeah. And the more we do together, the further we're going to move for the public's oral health. Yeah, exactly. And to know, and to know that that is the case, and then know your worth. And so, where uh, any hygienist sort of newly qualified, yeah, it just know, just know your worth. I think is a is a really important um, phrase, really. I couldn't agree more, Claire. I've still got so many notes in this article, as you can see, that I'm thinking I want to talk about that, but I know we could go on for hours talking. So we may have to record another podcast. But yeah. I think you've been so inspirational to talk. Well, you definitely have been so inspirational for me to talk to today. Your energy is contagious. Um, oh, thank what, you. what you've done is remarkable. Um, for others to learn from and listen from building up zero hygiene practice to what you did build it up to five days and I'm sure listeners will learn from that and I've certainly learned something no don't be shy go to your local radio station go to your local Uh press talk to them and say I want to spread the word and maybe this is something we can gain from this podcast today for the listeners go out there connect as much as possible and and with your local communication channels so 
Thank yeah. you so much for your time, Claire. You've been amazing to talk to you. Thank um, you. Before you go, it's the Smart Revolution. Fire round. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> where do you see dentistry and your role as a clinician? Where would you like to see your role as a clinician 10 years from now? I see a massive move with the dental hygiene profession. I think that there's a wave of hygienists that are doing amazing things above the scenes, behind the scenes. I think we're going to be much more prevalent. Um, I think we're going to have more to say in, you know, um, magazines, in the media. I think people are going to really sort of know what we do and who we are. And they know they need to see us as, as a, you know, go see the dentist every so many months and see the hygienist every so many months. It's going to be a known thing, you know. Um, I definitely see big things for the hygiene profession and therapy as well. I think um, that's definitely becoming a lot more um, utilised. Absolutely. It's exciting. Yeah. I think it's a really exciting time to be in dentistry. Thank you so, so much. You've been amazing to talk to, Claire. If anyone wants to get in touch, where's the best place to reach you? Instagram's probably the easiest place to reach me on because that's the one that I'm most busy on. But yeah, Instagram, Facebook, all social media handles, I'm always available, contactable. That's the, that's the downfall is that you're always available at all times. <laughs> you are always available on social media, but yeah, I'm, I know so many people, even watching your social media channels, looking out for your articles, and we will share some of them within the links so people can access them. But I'm sure you're going to learn so much. I've learned so much from speaking to you. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it, rate it and leave a review. I can't wait to learn how this recording has impacted you. Don't forget to take advantage of the incredible 50% off subscriber offer on the special training at the Densplicerona Academy on the 27th of March, 2020. Visit densplicerona.com forward slash smarrevolution and enter the promo code SMILE5 when you book. And lastly, don't forget to like, Subscribe and follow the Smile Revolution on social media for more content. Please engage in the comment section. I will read all and respond to as many as possible. The podcast audio is available on all major platforms and video content on the podcast can now be found on the Smile Revolution YouTube channel. To stay up to date on all Smile Revolution projects, subscribe to the Smile Revolution newsletter by emailing info at smile-revolution.net stating subscribe to newsletter. Thanks so much for joining me and being part of the Smile Revolution.